You are, you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest, Cole Rogers, the founder of School of Man, an organization that builds real men through raw and real vulnerability in order to crack the code to have it all. Cole is a leading minister of impact who has come from the brink of divorce, battling substance use, all while losing his way, achieved what all men seek, freedom. He has liberated himself and in turn has liberated men across the globe and allowed them to truly be free and not just exist. A leader in mindset, he has also set the burpee world record in 24 hours, conquered multiple endurance events, is on the quest to maximize his potential while helping others do the same. Cole has a beautiful wife, Ashley, and two beautiful children, Ava, Madison, and Landon, and they live in Little Rock, Arkansas. He loves nothing more than spending time with them, making memories, and seeking adventure. So excited to welcome Cole Rogers to Making Bank today. What's up, Josh? I'm extremely grateful, man. And when I was was told that I was going to be on the podcast, I just, for one, the name, Making Bank. I mean, if you can't get fired up just from that alone, <laughs> you don't have a pulse. And it's something we were talking about, you know, before the show actually started, it's so important to me that every man, every woman that's out there, when it comes to, to making bank and, and growing wealth and being in that top 1%, right? Like, but you do it the right way. You know, there, there is an art of having it all. And I've been on the other side of that to where I've sold my soul to the devil and I had to go get it back. And mm. I benchmarked myself on money athletics, how I looked in the mirror, uh, the women that I chased, right? So, and, and as long as my, my bank account was full and it was growing, I checked that box. But over on the other side, I, I honestly was, I was shackling myself and I wasn't living. Instead, I was honestly just existing. So, mm. so this, is, uh, this is me saying I'm grateful for you having me on. And I look forward to our discussion today, brother. Yeah, no, it's uh, super excited to have you. I got some great questions and stuff. I'm just popping into my head while you're talking. But what yeah. they want to ask you is, what is the record for the burpee challenge? Just curious, oh because God. I've done CrossFit for years, did like a thousand burpees with one buddy in one of our one yeah, day. And doing <laughs> so I'm just tomorrow. curious, like how many? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that. Some headquarters is doing a thousand burpees for time tomorrow. It's one of our monster mash Wednesdays where I just basically break, break a guy's jaw and wake him up. Right. Like that's, (laughs) I love to take the impossible and convert it back to the possible in particular guys that are, that have three letters behind their name, CEOs, or they're entrepreneurs. And maybe they have to let a little complacency uh, creep in wherever that might be. That's uh, I, I believe in doing hard things and really where that started, Josh, for me was, I blew out my Achilles playing ball and had Ah. two surgeries, couldn't run a mile. I spent five days in the hospital due to staph infection. And my identity Mm. was so wrapped up in athletics that it just, it, it really created this mental block. It was two and a half years. I mean, brother, I was wearing Crocs 
like black Crocs because I couldn't slip on shoes for almost two and a half years, flying on airplanes across the country, building my business uh, in the insurance industry. And I was just plain flat out miserable. So to get to make a long story short, really what catapulted me was I ended up connecting with some SEALs on the West Coast. And I never had done really CrossFit, but they took me on a run. And this was the first mile I had ran. They'd never known about my Achilles tear. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, God almighty, please, 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 left. It was the right Achilles that I blew. Please, left Achilles, don't blow. And that's what was going through my mind. (laughs) Right. You know, it was the hardest mile I ran, but it was the most liberating mile that I ran. And we get to the beach, and of course, we get wet and sandy, sugar cookies, and I did a four-minute plank, and I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. Like, I'm unlocking chambers in my mind. Two years later, I graduated from Hell Week as a civilian, and that took it to another level. Uh, I was one of nine out of 50. So I went from a guy that played a ton of basketball, did a lot of strength training, to blowing in his Achilles, developing these mental blocks, to not being able to run a mile. I ran a mile in these, uh, these shoes I bought from Target. And... <laughs> And then going on to graduate from from a Hell Week simulation as a civilian, one of nine out of 50, and that just really launched me into a different stratosphere of doing hard things and how important that is. So two years after that, I've I've done eight miles of lunges, uh, countless planks for countless amount of times, but it was the world burpee record, and it was – I was prescribed because I had bought a CrossFit gym at that time as a felon CrossFit gym here in Little Rock. So Mm. I can teach and I can coach. I was like, man, I know I'm perfectly flawed. And if I'm this screwed up, if I'm this screwed up, then I know there's got to be other men like me in business, entrepreneurs, married businessmen that they need an outlet. They need to have the ability to be raw, be real, be vulnerable. Talk about the hard shit, right? And I do things through fitness. And that's what I learned from the SEAL teams but I was going to use it to life coach. And that's exactly what I did. And that November, our programmer, chief programmer for the CrossFit gym, our head coach program, like do 25 burpees every hour on the hour on Thanksgiving day. I was doing them in my cowboy boots and (laughs) I I, I did like 600 and I'd done a thousand burpees for time before that. And I looked at him or I called him up and I said, Chris, uh, I said, I'm going to go for the 24 hour record next May. He's like, what? He's like, there isn't even one out there. I was like, okay, well, there's about to be one. And so I think it was in 2017 or 2018. I can't get my years right, but I did over like 40, 45,000 for the year, but I did. So I didn't do much training. Like that's, I I had such a savage mindset of like, like I'm just going to go after it and do it. Right. Like there was no linear progression. Long story here. Sorry. In that March, I did eight hours. I did 3,500 in eight hours. And <laughs> I mean, brother, I left it all out there. I left. I mean, my body was radiating. And then oh, yeah. that, that May, I did it on Memorial, Memorial Day because in Psalm, we, our nonprofit, the foundation, we employ a lot of veterans and we put them back to doing, doing work that God created them to do. So I did it on Memorial Day weekend. And it was a family affair, had the whole thing staged, two cameras on me uh, and logging everything that we did. And I did, I think, around 5,000. You know, I did 5,000 in 24 hours. Mind you, I did 3,500 in eight hours. Right. (laughs) And really the goal was just to kind of linear progress. 
Well, on the 18th hour, that can't one of the camera bulbs went out, and Guinness reject they they wouldn't take they wouldn't take our stuff because they didn't you didn't have two camera angles uh. on me. So it's unofficial, is what I'm basically saying. And there's a young <laughs> there's another girl out there that little little badass crossfitter that just absolutely obliterated what I did. But nonetheless, it was one of the hardest things that I that I've ever done, uh, and kind of set a, a tone for how we operate in SOM and the, the mindset that we, we honestly not just preach, but we live. And I'm not saying that you got to go out and do a full Ironman tomorrow, but as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, as a father, as a husband, a part of having it all, a part of cracking that code is, man, you gotta, you gotta constantly run towards the hard because as we know in business or creating something from nothing, creating it from scratch and scaling a business, there's adversity at every corner. Right. And you have to run towards the storm. So that's what I've learned along along my way that I impart on one percent men and women that are out there doing the damn thing. Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty cool and that's crazy. I mean, I know, I mean, even just like when I did it, just I did a thousand and buddy and I and you know, oh, yeah. at 500, you're like, you, you can usually get 500. And it's pretty, all right, cool. We're moving pretty decent. Get that halfway mark. Yeah. And then as soon as you kind of hit that, like, that's what, like, everything starts to just lock up and start to, you know, and you're not moving as fast. You're not jumping. And for taller people, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a short dude. I'm a smurf. So it's okay. really, I have <laughs> shorter a low, people. I think it works better. Yeah, <laughs> like, I have a low center to gravity. Like, before I, uh, before I got on the, the podcast, my right hand man in Psalm, Tim Craig, he, he uh, he's six seven. So doing burpees, <laughs> yeah, doing burpees. It's a long That's way rough. down and a long way up. But he's yeah, one of, one of the most mentally hardest dudes I know. But I've got an advantage. I'm a Smurf. I call myself Papa <laughs> Smurf within the organization. Nice. Well, so um, so you went through uh, was it Mark Devine's uh, through Kokoro? Yep. So I yeah, was, Kokoro program. I was, I was part of class forty five and. That was really the pivotal moment on how I launched some. So my business, so I have a core business, um, an employee benefits consultant, and it, the business is right around 5 million and growing uh, on that side that I've grown from zero. I've got some, some great stories on how I got in that business. Well, when I had, when I had bought the CrossFit gym, that's when I was pursuing Kokoro at 45 we make it all the way through one of nine, you know, nine of us out of 50, but my teammate Kirk died at my feet and that really shook me up. So you'll hear it all the time from entrepreneurs or men in business. Like he died, died or just quit? No, no. Oh, wow. So Kirk's heart gave out. I saw a man die living and it was very profound. I, you know, he is, a fabric of Psalm because that's how Psalm honestly got its start. And we had been with each other the entire time. And it was one of those things that, and I won't go into all the details, but it was an instant connection from, from the word go. And because he was short, like me, we were partnered up. And when you see a man lay it all out there and some people would say, well, and you know, he, he left two, two children behind, etc. That was his time. And the, the, the impact that he has had in the wake of him, he's immortal. I'm talking about him right now. He's immortal. And that should be all of our goal is to chase immortality. It changed the trajectory of my life in more ways than one. He saved my marriage because it brought me to my knees. When he passed away, a radio show 
Christian radio show asked me to come on. I didn't even believe in God and Christ at that time, but they wanted to hear my story of battling cocaine behind the scenes, Adderall behind the scenes, uh, lying to my wife and the story about going through Kokoro and et cetera. And I just laid it all out there. Like I was extremely, extremely vulnerable. It felt good. It felt, it was liberating, but my wife never heard any of it. And we'd been in therapy for two years. So that led us back to see JC McDaniel, who's very close. I'm very close with it today. And she was done. I, was, I say it all the time. I was divorced three times to Ashley and married three times to Ashley. Like uh, there is no cat with nine lives. And that's really what started and launched into Psalm. I was like, yeah, I was living such a, a lonely life. You know, a lot of us, as we continue, our businesses become our child or another child. They become, or a mistress, or we just obsess, you know, obsess, 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 obsess with growing, growing, growing this. And as long as the bank account's full and you're hitting seven figures or eight figures, whatever it is that you're looking to do, you kind of check that box. And that's where I was, even though I was better than, you know, better, I was in a better spot at that time versus two years prior to that with her. In my family, I was still an absentee dad. I didn't know how to have a relationship with my son, Landon, which I'm so glad that Psalm came along. And I basically ended up creating my own reality from scratch. I just saw like anybody, you know, the men who built America or anybody that's moving society forward, they see a problem or something that needs an update or an upgrade. And they go and they put in the work and then they start developing their power of who. And they don't necessarily get into the house. So basically what I saw here locally is like there was no attention to results with men's groups. There's zero. And and that's where I basically started mentoring one man and then it turned into a grassroots movement. And it was it, to, to the point where since we started it, it's saved my marriage. I've 10x my business, 10x my other business. Psalm is on, on an upward trajectory, growing faster than we could ever imagine possible, but it's the impact that we, that we get from it. I mean, it's, it, it, it is going to have eight figures all, all day long, uh, nine figures all day long built on it for long term. And as we continue to grow and evolve it, but more importantly, it's, uh, it's one of those things It's going to outlast me. So that, that's kind of the, that's where that whole story goes, uh, when, sure. when that happens. I mean, have you found, I mean, it, it, out of like you know, the men that you've worked with, I mean, is there a lot of, uh, and I don't know what the ratio or percentage is, but is there a lot of men in that similar type of position that are looking for this? Yeah. So like it's from a paper perspective, like my resume ch checks out, like Cole's super successful, you know, all the things that we've learned to benchmark ourselves on. And, you know, the, the average age that comes into to some is 42 years young. And what we're seeing more and more of is men are becoming more and more lonely and they're needing more of an environment to where they can not only be vulnerable because that's a superpower, right? But go mm -hmm. to a place because it's the school of man. I mean, our mission is to better men by helping each man focus on what matters most, but an organization that's going to meet them where they are, right? Like we've got men that are, heck of millionaires. We got men that are worth hundred million plus, et cetera. Then we got a man that is on the oil rig 
and everybody has a part to play in that to, to help each person be the tide that lifts the ship. So each man's coming at it from a different angle, a different reason, a different purpose, and different why. I'm not the same man, nor should I be what I was five years ago. And, you know, where I am now is, okay, I we're growing these businesses. How do I continue to decentralize my command and gain more freedom and make more memories with my family as we continue to grow and evolve? And I have to be around different people. So when you're in the best in the room, you got to build a new room. You got to find a new room. And that's the, the powerful thing about Psalm of, of what we have built and, and just the process. So to answer your question, I think each man is looking for something different based upon where he is in his life. We've got plenty of guys that successful businessmen that are lonely to other guys that are hitting on all cylinders that just need to make sure that they're eating humble pie on a daily basis, <laughs> you know? So uh, does that, hopefully that makes sense in, in regards to where we meet men in their life. What have you found like um, from like a honesty, vulnerability standpoint? I mean, how does that build the uh, kind of that mindset of tough, that, you know, mental toughness? The greatest gift any of us can give ourselves is to know thyself and to love mm -hmm. thyself. And, and that's the truth. So that's honestly the hardest thing to do mentally. And how we do it, we do it so radically different than any other organization out there. We simply produce results. But that's where it starts. Like an absence of vulnerability is equals an absence of trust in your own life. If you're not willing to talk about the hard shit, I'm talking about the, the nitty gritty, painful stuff because your, your pain is your purpose. It's your promise, right? And what we do is we walk through this entire life and let it define us instead of saying, why did this happen for me? So that's, that, that's the first fundamental building block to where it could be that you made a financial misstep. It could be where you were, uh, where I was. Like I just needed to, to get everything out that I was dealing with and I was great at lying to myself type of deal. And just having that extreme accountability and that, that place to go that I wasn't going to be judged either. You know, once you start that journey of knowing thyself, then you start unlocking chambers because there's plenty of guys right now running ultra marathons that hate themselves. There's plenty of guys out there competing in CrossFit competitions. And I see it all the time because I've, I've owned a CrossFit gym that don't talk about the shit that needs to be talked about. The things that matter most, right? They hide behind the barbell and they never once raise their hand. And, and so that's to me where vulnerability becomes such a superpower, but you have to get a guy, especially an alpha who's on the unhealthy side. You have to go back to Spartan ways to get him to where he honestly needs to be and just completely change the game for him in the future. So he starts chasing after that hero self and leaving his former self in the dust. I guess, why is it, you know, difficult to get, I guess, like a, a male versus a female to open up more? Man, I think that it just goes back to, you know, I'm 38 years young. And I think that <laughs> honestly, the men that I work with because of how, how everything is set up, you know, they're, we're extremely vulnerable and, and we'll, we'll open up. Like we've got school of money coming up and school of money is, is this first one is about money mindset, just your relationship with money, how your upbringing mm -hmm. has influenced your goals. I mean, did you, t were you taught that the money was the root of all evil? Did you sell your, did you sell your 
house and it was upside down? How has that created scars on your heart that you've not ripped band-aids off of? Right. So that's once you get around high caliber men that are willing to open up, you just need social proof, right? Once one man goes that you have so much respect for just how he carries himself. He truly is. He doesn't have artificial swagger. It's real swagger because he has owned his shit in his life and he's proud of it. He's proud of the scars. They don't define him. That's when that trickle effect happens. As far as a female goes, because we do have, we have a program launching for women called sister strength and sisterhood. I think that just, you know, knowing about Ashley and myself, our son's autistic. We learned about my son being autistic in January. And because I had a place to go and I had a network to go and it wasn't surfacey or transactional, you know, it was, a. I basically was able to distill down the good things that were going to come out of this and become a better father, better, better husband. She dealt with it totally different. And, you know, I immediately put myself back into therapy because I go to therapy quite a bit. I put it back in there into some, I talked about, it. I use it as teaching tools. I use it mm. as to help men become a better dad. That's what I'm always doing is like, I can only teach from my life experience and I can sure. only put it out there. Whereas Ashley, she went at it in a different way. You know, she didn't schedule anything with Emily, our therapist for almost a month and a half. And it, you know, so I just, I think it kind of just depends upon the groups that you operate in and what type of standards that they have and the type of people that are in them. As I'm sure you talk about plenty on the podcast, your network equals your net worth. And that doesn't just mean financially. Right. I mean, that's why the who in your life is so much more powerful than the how. What's kind of like the top three successful tips or traits that you see uh, in, you know, the men that you've worked with. First, I would say, and I, I'm privileged to be around so many high caliber men. The first one is, is that a lot of the men that I work with, they are, they are go-givers, right? And such a good book, go-giver, but they are go-giving type of men. I think successful men, successful women that have done really well for themselves sometimes get painted with the perception or a brush that they won't help anybody. That's complete garbage. Uh, they're, they're the most giving people that are out there, right? Right. They, so the number one thing is that men are, that I work with are go-givers. This, these, the tuition that they've paid, and when I say paying the tuition, that's just you failing forward fast. you learning from just life. If you're not paying that forward, you're honestly, you're just more selfish and the people that I work with, we want to help see other people succeed at their highest level. So being a go-giver is the number one thing. The number two thing would be they don't lead with their resume. They lead with their actions. And what I mean by that is you can tell when someone has their shit together. They don't need to be driving a Bugatti or they don't need to be flying in a private helicopter, which if that's your thing, cool. But how they walk, how they talk, how they operate with impact, how they leave the place better than they found it is an absolute key indicator on what type of person they are. I'm a big believer in culture building. The greats in this world build cultures. They build cultures that people want to be a part of, that people don't want to, to leave because it's a, it's a purpose bigger than themselves. They're just ultimately looking to leave, like I said, the world a better place. And then last but not least is that they're all chasing immortality. 
And that is an absolute must, meaning that it's not a vanity deal, but they filter everything back on the impact that they've had in the world. Think about Steve Jobs. We're here to put a dent in the universe, right? They move right. societies forward. They move families forward. So those would be those three things, those common traits. And none of, no one looks at adversity or failure as a bad thing. It's just the, the gasoline to, to our vehicles to continue to move forward. Yeah, no, that's, that's super important. Um, I know we got a few minutes left. Uh, what's one thing you're like, oh man, I hope Josh was going to ask me a question like this or whatever, or just something you're like, I really got to share this and get this out there um, that you want to kind of leave everybody with. Uh, the one thing that I would, that I get asked a lot is like, how do you do it? Like, mm. how do you do it? I think that there is, there's a perception for anybody that's an entrepreneur that's a, that's running your business, your companies, you're building something. You know, Psalm was built from from pain, converted into purpose. I, I've I can build stuff from zero, and, and I'm starting to learn to scale it and have bigger dreams, bigger goals, and surround myself with people that are further down the path. Right? It's not how you do it, and I, I've said it throughout this entire episode. It's who you do it with. And I'm not as worried about being liked as more as I'm worried about being known from the impact that I'm creating in this world. And I believe that, but it's that who that is so powerful. Whereas a lot of people get stuck in their same circles for the rest of their life. And then they become the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or I remember when group, right? Seek out people that are better than you. And that is an absolute must because they're going to help you get where you want to go faster than you trying to do it on your own or an outdated worldview or an outdated circle. So when people ask me, how do you do it all? I don't do it all by myself. I have systems. I have people. I trust my people. I am a, it's hard for me to trust people because that of my mindset. So just letting go of the control is key. Because ultimately, we're all seeking that one thing, just what's on your shirt. It's freedom. And you want to give people the gift that of allowing them to be a part of something that they get to create too. And, and that's just an absolute must uh, because they want to feel that they're putting their God, their gifts that God gave them to best use as well. No, that's that's awesome. Right, guys, I hope you guys are really paying attention. Listen to what Cole was talking about. Make sure you're taking those notes. Go back, listen, watch this again, and really pay attention to the conversation. A lot of insights and amazing things that you can extract from this and start applying to your life today. Uh, and reach out to Cole. I mean, uh, where can, where's the best place they can go find more information on the School of Man and you? Yeah, so I'm always here to mentor, to coach. Feel free to shoot me an email at cole at schoolofman.live, but then you can follow us on all social at, at the School of Man, and then go to our website schoolofman.live. I mean, everything is there and, you know, you can go to our link tree too, which is link tree forward slash school of man. But it's like, I tell everybody, just get involved. If you need my help, I'm here for you. Follow us, pick up the book, uh, listen to the podcast. We're just here to, to lead the world a better place. Awesome. Cole, really appreciate your time today. Just an honor to have you on the show, sharing your insights and kind of your journey and your story. Um, that's got you where, 
you are today. So thanks again for coming on Making Bank. Thanks, Josh. I am Josh Felbert. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.